Welcome to the Go Home Show, episode number 14. We are kind of in between pay-per-views. It is the first week of September. Um, next week this time we'll be gearing up for Hell in a Cell, I believe. I have to double check that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's next week. So that'll be cool. Um, right now we're kind of in between, so I'm going to... I've been really positive about what's been going on since SummerSlam. Um, but I gotta say, this was this was not a good week. Um, Raw. This was the first week that Raw has gone up against football this year. Uh, it was Virginia Tech, Florida State, very much a regional game. I don't know that anybody outside of the Southeast, as big as that game is, I don't know that many people outside of the Southeast, if they're wrestling fans, were you know having a real tough choice between that game and and Raw and honestly even in the southeast I mean I'm a Clemson fan um that's a big game for my team's conference I I didn't watch a single down of it I watched I watched all um so I I don't know that it played a big factor in the programming but the programming was noticeably different um the the stuff with with the shield and I, I said it last week the stuff with the shield and and Braun Strowman and and the show, I guess, is is what they call themselves, um, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. The stuff with that those six guys has been so so logical and so step by step. And even if you disagree with Braun being the heel, the way they've done it has made sense. And. That took an illogical turn this week, I think. Um, I'm not sure why the Shield got arrested. They were coming to the ring for a very logical confrontation within the story of WWE. Look, WWE... um, Yeah, you you can't just go beat somebody up in in the back room because you don't agree with them, but that happens in WWE every week. You know, every other week, every month. You know, that's a regular thing. So, the fact that they were coming to the ring to confront, that's the other thing. They did not attack Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler and, and, and Braun Strowman. The rest of the locker room came out and incited that that riot. I, I just don't see how the police would arrest and what they were being booked on. And I know, it's a show, it's fiction. It just didn't seem to make a whole ton of sense. Um, it's 2018, you know? Like, the way we portray cops needs to make sense, I think. Um, and and the fact that on the scene, they weren't told why they, you know, we didn't get, it would have been very easy to have Baron Corbin, and, and this is how you make this make sense even though it even still wouldn't make 100% sense, you have Baron Corbin say, listen, uh, we've got this damage. It was caused by these guys. Um, I've been charged as the representative of the WWE here. Uh, This all fits his character, too, the character he's portraying right now. Go over the top. You know, I've been... I'm the representative of the WWE. We are stewards of this uh, arena, or however you want to word that. And... Uh, these guys have caused damage to the arena. They're they're affecting the show I can put on here, and they need to be arrested. Uh, they're my employees, but but we'll deal with that part later. They need to be arrested right now. 
That's how you explain that. Um, but for the police to, to arrest them, uh, indict them, arraign them, whatever all that was, book them in on a holiday Monday, that's just not well thought out. But I can get down with that. But then they get released, and then they steal a police vehicle, and that's kind of a shield thing. Every one of them, well, Seth hadn't done it, but Dean and Roman have definitely stolen vehicles before. That's a shield thing. But at the same time, it's just kind of one of those, they would have, why not call an Uber or, or something like that? I mean, they're never going to address that. It's just weird. Uh, doesn't make any sense. But but that, that story continues to make more sense than anything. But it's almost like on Monday... All of the writers were focused on that storyline, and then everything else got no explanation. Kevin Owens just showed back up. He quit last week, and he just showed back up. We don't get any explanation of that. He's just back now, and he's attacking Bobby Lashley, and I don't know why. He's helping Braun Strowman. Finn Balor's helping Baron Corbin. None of this makes any sense. Um, So that happened, right? Kevin Owens just showed back up. Um, and then on top of that, they just straight up announced Bobby Roode and Chad Gable are a tag team now in a backstage segment. There was no preamble to that, no preface, no, no build, just that's what happened. They're a tag team. And I think they're a pretty good tag team. I don't know why they're creating tag teams on Raw when... Raw has several tag teams like Authors of Pain, Revival, teams like that that have never held a main roster championship that I don't know why you're putting Chad Gable and Bobby Roode together unless the plan is that very quickly they're going to end up in a feud. That's the only thing I can think um, that makes that make sense. But it was very much like something out of WWE 2K video game series that like you're in your my career, and then all of a sudden, like, singles aren't working out for whatever reason. Maybe you lost a, a Intercontinental Championship match or something, and all of a sudden, you've got a tag team partner. Like, all of a sudden, you're booked into a match with, you know, with, with Bobby Roode as your tag team partner, and, and now you're a tag team, and you have to go backstage and, like, piece together your little promo about why you're a tag team now. And that's very much what that felt like. And, I mean, I guess it's okay. You know, as far as, like, sometimes things don't need a big, long story because you don't have time for all that. If you just want to put Bobby Roode and Chad Gable together, like, why waste 20 minutes of screen time? Well, no, even even more than that. Why waste an hour of total screen time over three weeks putting this team together if the end result is these two guys are just going to be a team? But at the same time, it's very jarring when that's not the way they do anything else. There's always a process. Uh, even things that make sense, there's always a process. So, I don't know. It, that, that was just weird. Um, it just felt very thrown together. And it, it, it's almost like, I don't know if it was, oh crap, football's going to be back next week. There's some things we got to get to. And folks are going to ignore it anyway, so we might as well just throw it together. Or is it... Oh crap! We've got a pay per view in two weeks. Um, we need pre show matches, so Kevin Owens needs a feud with Bobby Lashley, and now go. 
But I just think that's a waste of Kevin Owens, primarily. Um, that's, that's the one I have the biggest problem with because this I quit angle could have been something really cool. Maybe they still have something decent planned with it. But um, it's just tough to see where they could go anywhere decent with that now that he just kind of showed back up. I don't know. They could have done something really neat with that. Um, speaking of guys that went away, we've seen that Bray Wyatt has uh, kind of been out of the picture for a little bit. I don't think that's anything against him. I think it's, you know, Matt Hardy abruptly goes away, and they tried to figure out something to do with him, with Bray. Um, he kind of hinted today that it, it could go one of two paths. Um, either could be good for Bray. Only one I like because I'm selfish. Uh, but he, he put up a, like a screen grab of these top ten factions, stables, groups, however WWE worded it. And the Wyatt family obviously wasn't in it. And he said it was typical Bray Wyatt language, but the gist of his post was this right here. I'm going to go away a little bit, and I'm going to work on some things, but this right here is why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that kind of tells me one of two directions. One, he's going to come back with a, with a family again, which is, that's perfect for if Bray Wyatt is in the WWE, that's where he needs to be. The leader of a stable, and he needs to be the focus of it. Um, he needs to be the leader. He needs to win WWE championships with the help of his family, whether it's WWE championships, whether it's, um, universal championships. And then he needs to have some team, uh, you know, at least a tag team under him and maybe a mid Carter under him. Um, I could see, uh, it's kind of a good point in the career for him to get Luke Harper and the B team. Of course, they would need to be repackaged again. Because the B team doesn't really work as a Wyatt stable. But have them come out as the B team and then have Bray kind of claim them. And on screen recognize that Bo is his brother. That would be cool. Um, that would be, be the way I would do it. Because it's kind of, the B team is kind of uh, on the outside looking in of that tag title picture right now. Uh, they'll probably get their rematch. And that may be a good time for him to come claim them after their rematch. Um... But it's obvious that Dolph and Drew are probably going to feud with some members of the Shield. Um, maybe this is how Seth gets rewarded for his great year. Is he gets to be a double champion again um, as an Intercontinental Champion and Tag Team Champion. But I would love to see the, them folded into the Wyatt family. The other way that could go is Bray might be leaving the WWE. Um, I wouldn't blame him if he was. It's kind of one of those, you see this a lot in, in baseball in particular, but in all, you know, mainstream sports, where, like, I don't think it's the WWE's fault they've underused Bray Wyatt. They clearly had some big plans for him. I think it was between Royal Rumble and, um, between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania in 2016 at that first fast lane, it was pretty obvious that they were trying to angle towards him against Brock Lesnar. Or the Wyatt family against Brock Lesnar. And Bray wasn't healthy. And there's been a couple of times where that's happened. Where where Bray wasn't healthy. And, and in a sport like the WWE, where these, you know, if you're going to commit to somebody like Roman Reigns, this build, he's a bad example. Yeah, Roman Reigns is a perfect example. For you to be in the main event picture, you got to be available for three or four months at a time. You know? Even if you don't hold a title for that long, it's going to take them a month or two to build you up to the main event. It's going to take a month. If you win, that's a month or two of you holding the belt. 
or a month or two of you have holding the belt and then losing it and then getting your rematch. So there, there's at least four months there you've got to be healthy. If you can't string together four healthy months before that, or at least a couple healthy months before that, they're not going to want to pull the trigger on a push for you. So I get it. At the same time, I would get why Bray would be frustrated because there were several times, like, there was no reason they needed to take the WWE title off of him just to put it on Randy Orton for a month and then put it on Jinder Mahal for six months. SmackDown would have been much better off with Bray Wyatt as champion or in the main event picture that entire time. Um, there was no reason for him to do that. And then get a win. I think he got his win back over Randy. Yeah, in that, in that uh, Wyatt compound match or whatever that was at the, the house. And then he gets his win and then goes to Raw. So he beat Randy, but it was non-title. And then he goes to Raw. I don't know. It was all just real weird. Um, there was no need for that. Leave him on SmackDown. Let him beat Randy. Let him let him get his family. You know, get his original family back with Harper and Rowan. They could have won. Still cycled up to win the tag team titles as Harper and Rowan, not the Bludgeon Brothers, but as members of the Wyatt family. Just know that made sense. So I can see him being frustrated, but I can also see what points points of why. They maybe didn't commit to him at different different stages. So, but anyway, what I hope is that he's going to come back as Bray Wyatt, leader of the Wyatt family, with Luke Harper and the B team with different names. Or maybe they use their original names, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. They're not the B team. They're just, you know, on in the Wyatt family. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is uh, the greatest Australian Royal Rumble showdown. Um, my biggest problem with it is, so at first, I really liked, and I I probably talked about this, I really liked that what they were setting up as the kind of the feature of that show, uh, it's, it's semi-canonical. And what I mean about that, by that is, um, these results count. You know, this isn't a live event where, um... AJ Styles has beaten Samoa Joe 20 times in a row at live events, and we don't, they don't talk about it on TV. Um, whoever wins matches there, it'll count. Um, and it'll be a part of the storyline. And, and, but at the same time, um, these, these matches are set up kind of outside of the bigger story arcs. So it, it, it's, it's just kind of weird. So that's why I call it semi-canonical. Um, but I liked that the feature match they were going with for this type of show was Triple H versus Undertaker. They're, yes, they're talking about it on TV, but there's been no real setup within the show. These, I think the thing with these, it was this way with the Greatest Royal Rumble and it's been this way with the Australian show is, um, it's backwards. Instead of having TV occur and that sets up matches for the pay-per-view. They do it kind of backwards. They, they announce the pay-per-view match and then they talk about it on TV and hype us up for why it's happening. And I liked that they were doing that with Triple H and The Undertaker because one, this is a match they can set up that will sell tickets. Alright? We've seen Triple H versus The Undertaker so many times and not that the fans haven't. It's never happened on their to soil. They've never really had the opportunity to watch it live. Even if they're watching it on TV there. 
it's they'll be able to watch it as it's happening in their time, in their time zone. So that's great for them. So it sells tickets. It uh, it gets some hype for that show on the continent where it's happening, and nothing's going to change it. You know, it would be a really freak thing for Undertaker or Triple H to get hurt between now and the show. Uh, plus, neither of them have storylines that they're tied into in the regular WWE picture. So I liked that that was the match they set up. I even liked the promo segment that we had where Shawn Michaels basically all but begged Undertaker to come out and do what he did. And I liked the angle that Shawn, angle, that Shawn Michaels took with it of, um, listen, when I retired, I retired. I didn't do like you've done. He never said, I didn't do like you've done, that I know of. But he insinuated that people like you leave and they, they're all retired and then they come back. I didn't do that. When I retired, I retired and I'm gone. Um, because, <clears throat> so I did like that angle. Now, my, pro- my one problem with that is it makes me worry that they're going to let Triple H retire Undertaker at a match in Australia. Instead of letting Roman Reigns do it, Roman Reigns should have been the one to retire Undertaker. Um, Or John Cena. That would have made sense. Even Rusev has had a match since then. None of them got to retire. Bray Wyatt didn't get to retire Undertaker. Brock Lesnar didn't even get to retire Undertaker. So to turn around and let Triple H do it in this, I I don't know. I'm sure they'll say something... If that were to happen, there would be a story that came out that Undertaker said that's who he wanted to retire him. That's great, but it doesn't make any daggum sense. Um, anyway, other than that, I liked that sh- that match being the feature of the show because it allowed them to sell tickets to that show without having to use current talent in a way that compromises storylines. And some of the matches they've set up haven't necessarily done that. Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, it makes sense. If you're a wrestling promoter, it would make sense. No matter what happens between Samoa Joe and AJ Styles at the Hell in the Cell pay-per-view, it makes sense that you would say, hey, I know that, you know, technically if AJ Styles wins, um, Samoa Joe isn't actually owed a rematch, but we're going to go ahead and set this match up again because that's who we've got going right now and we need a match. Same thing with Charlotte Flair against Becky. They even went around worked around it by setting up a six-man tag match between the show and Braun Strowman and S.H.I.E.L.D. That actually makes a ton of sense because you still get your Universal Championship match at Hell in a Cell inside a cell between Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, and then you've got this bigger six-man feud that they're working on. You set that up for the Australian Greatest Royal Rumble Showdown, whatever that's called. Um, That works. But then... They set up New Day versus The Bar when The Bar has a match, a number one contender match for Hell in a Cell against Rusev and Aiden English. I guess that team is Rusev Day. So that creates this weird... So one of two things. Either we already know that Rusev Day, or that The Bar is beating Rusev Day next week, for that number one contender spot. Either we already know that, or, even worse, I think, Rusev Day is going to win, 
but Bar the Bar already has a match against New Day, so that means that Rusev Day is going to win the number one contender match. But we know they're not beating New Day at Hell in a Cell. Like neither of those things is good. And what makes that even dumber is that it's unnecessary. Like, New Day versus The Bar is not going to be a match that sells you tickets in Australia. It's going to be a good match. We're all looking forward to it. But that's not the match that's going to make or break ticket sales. So, I just, I thought that was really dumb. Really dumb way to set up that card. Um, So, anyway, mostly negative show this week. I apologize for that. Some positive. But hopefully we'll get back on the schneid. Next week we'll look look straight ahead to Hell in a Cell. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time on the Go Home Show.